Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Derek, Josh, great to be back on the pod. Hey, uh, so I, I got to know, uh, how are you? Uh, how are you two holding up after clearly one of the most disappointing Halloweens in recent history? Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't ideal with the the Michigan Wolverines last night or yesterday. Definitely disappointed in that. Um, I, I'm not I'm not on board with everyone who's just freaking out like the world's ending. I uh, I don't know. I definitely think there's some things that need to be fixed, but it is what it is. I'm trying to stay positive and, and, and realizing that tomorrow we got uh, four four man workout groups going, and uh, we're we got about that same every day. We got some conditioning coming later in the week for the Napoleon Pirates basketball squad. So I'm just excited to get going with basketball. Keep my mind on that. There you go. Well, good good thing for you. Napoleon football is worse than Michigan football, so all your guys are available this week. Which oh is nice. boy! So, but um, but that being said, uh, I thought yesterday was a great day. My youngest son Zach, his birthday's on Halloween. Um, he dressed up as Jackie Moon, one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Uh, so it was a great day, and also Nick Saban's birthday. And and Nick Nick had a good day. Former Spartan. I don't know if that had anything to do with that, but um, yeah, it, it was a good Halloween. Well, I was I was actually referring to my wife who's trying to purchase a, a dog somewhere in the Midwest United States. She keeps failing, uh, coming up a little short in terms of uh, her bid or, or being a little too late to the party. She's trying to buy like a, a golden doodle or a snickerdoodle or whatever they're called. Uh, That's all. Awesome. Uh, you, oh, you guys are talking about football. OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess there was some some bad news on the football field yesterday, but I'm I'm a. Uh, I'm going to talk to my psychiatrist again, see if I can get past that and just move on to basketball season. But anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get to the gist of today's podcast. And that would be previewing the Cascades Conference boys basketball teams for the upcoming season. This is our third of five previews. And this one promises to be pretty interesting. Uh, Not only does this league consist of eight schools within close proximity of each other uh, with 2020 enrollments ranging from 229 to 396, a small school league, obviously. It also features one of the top Division three programs in the state and five new head coaches this year. Uh, so let's get started. Derek, this is, uh, this is your new league, man. So, uh, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to be coaching in the league. I think it's a, a really good league um, from top to bottom. I mean, um, it was, I'll be honest, when I was at Dexter, I never really paid that much attention. Like when I'm saying when I was a student, to, to the teams from out here. I mean, we played some of them in youth ball, but like by the time I was in high school, I wasn't really following um, <clears throat> the league or anything. But, you know, they, they really play some good basketball and obviously I haven't watched a lot of film. We played a few of the teams when I was at Springport last year. Uh, it, it's a good small school league and obviously, you know, Hanover leads the way there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this year. I thought the, the something that to get us started with, with the conversation today, something that's interesting is um, – from last year, you know, looking on the M Live article, the all league team from last year. So all 11 first teamers were seniors <laughs> and are gone, and only three of the eight honorable mentions return. So there's a lot of turnover in terms of the players in the league this year. And if you look at the all area team, there was two honorable mentions in all area that will return in the conference, and that's it. So, it, it, you know, obviously part of that is Hanover Horton takes up the majority of those slots with they had like four guys or five guys on those teams. Um, and they're going to bring in a whole new slew of players. So they'll, they'll, um, 
definitely recoup their talent. But it, it is an interesting time in the league with the five new coaches and what seems to have been a very strong senior class um, leave from the majority of the schools. Did you say five new coaches out of eight teams? Is that correct? Yeah, five new coaches. That, that's, yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, it really is because this is, in my opinion, in, we again, we talk about bad leagues. This is a great league. I mean, you talk about balance and enrollment. You talk about geographic location. You talk about school pride, small town school pride. This, to me, is just a great league for athletics and sports and, and just everything you could want out of high school athletics. Um, I think um, this was an incredible move by Napoleon to hire Derek. But that also being said, um, I couldn't be happier for Derek. And it's, that's not a knock on Springport in any way. Um, another great small school district. But that being said, um, Derek's going to be a big-time basketball coach at, at some point. He's not there yet, even though I, I know he thinks he is. Um, but he's <laughs> going to be. And But all, all this is a great fit. This is a great, proud basketball program. This is um, a team that's traditionally a top-three team in the league. Um, and with Derek there, I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I just think this is a great fit for, for him and the school. Um, I'm excited for him. You know, as young coaches, we all take these, these jobs that we got to, you know, go in and fix the issue. And unfortunately, Matt, you and I have done that a lot in our career, mm-hmm. but I'm happy that Derek took a job that he did not have to like fix the situation. He's just going to build on it and take it to the next level. It's already in really good shape. So again, I'm, I'm happy for him because those jobs, they worry out and they, and they, you know, they burn you out. That's the reality. So I'm, I'm really happy for him. Um, as far as the league goes, I, I think the Cascades probably needs to do what, what the SEC White should have done years ago, and that's create a trophy for second place. Uh, Matt, you and I used to joke, um, let, let, Ipsy's got the league. Whoever finishes second should get a trophy. That, I mean, that's kind of – until Chad Mortimer retires, um, I mean, I and again, I hope Derek puts a dent in it, but the reality is it's Chad's league. It's Chad's world. You know, everybody's taking a backseat to Hanover, and that won't change this year. Yeah, you know, Chad, it's funny because I, uh, I, I was at Manchester uh, and among other schools in my career uh, for a couple of years. And my it was in the late 90s, and it's when Chad was coming in at um, Hanover. And I, if, if somebody would have told me, and this is nothing against Chad, he just was a kind of a quiet, unassuming you know, really humble guy. But if anybody would have told me at that time that this guy was going to have a Hall of Fame career and be one of the best coaches in the state of Michigan in, in a very short period of time, I would have said, like, well, what what makes you think that? Like, it just wasn't – it wasn't obvious. Some guys it's obvious, like, right away. With Chad, it, in my opinion, it wasn't. I only met him, like, once, you know, a couple times. I think we played a couple times, maybe his first year in Manchester. Um, but you could see – just what he was installing and, and instilling in these guys. And, um, but that was so early in his career. And then to think what he's done in those 20 plus years is amazing. I mean, last year, 20 and one, uh, 14 and oh, in the Cascades conference, um, they were set to play in the district final before COVID, uh, this, this team could have, you know, as good, as good as he's had possibly a division three state title, uh, possibility last year, like I said, um, they've won three Cascade, uh, championships in a row um six of the last seven they've at least had a share they haven't lost a game in the conference since january of 2017 to east jackson um he's been to a final four in 2014 uh, yeah this is this is a this is good and i mean and graduated all these guys yet you watch them play in the fall league in jackson with 
uh, just guys that were probably rotation players or just part of the, the squad last year, kind of learning the ropes. And they look really good. And they're, they're, they're a well-oiled machine in, in, in October. Uh, I can only imagine what they're going to be like um, in January and February. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is a handful for anybody. That second-place trophy, there really should be one because uh, I, don't, I don't see anybody – uh, no offense to uh, Derek and the other uh, programs in, in the uh, in the conference, but I don't see anybody really touching these guys um, unless there's just some major surprise this year. Yeah, it was, it's just really impressive watching them play. Um, like I said, I, I don't know. I haven't seen them play a ton um, until watching some film on them from last year and then in the fall league. And it's just – it's like you can't even tell who their best player are, players are when you watch them. Like they're, just, they're all so skilled and so – um, you know, just kind of good across the board. I mean, they got a lot of athletic kids that they're like, I think when we were talking one time, it's like they almost have a bunch of clones out there. Like they're all just, <laughs> they're kind of all good at, good at everything. And like, um, there's nothing too, too flashy. They're not too um, worried about getting theirs. Like they play really well as a unit. Like it, it's just exactly what you want out of a program. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can get into some of the guys. I mean, you know, for me personally, just from the fall league, like the guy who stands out to me the most, um, I know obviously coach's son, Connor, is is going to be good. But the guy that really like pops out to me was Carson Sanders, who's a six-foot-four junior. I know he's kind of like a guard-forward type. He can really handle it even though he's a bigger guy. And he's really got – like he's got a lot of athleticism. He's, he can get up to the rim pretty easily. He's in transition. He seems like he's a – a load to stop. And, and at the same time, he, he can shoot the three. Like I think he's going to score a lot of points over the next two years. And he's going to be problems for us and everyone in the league. Yeah, I, I think he's probably going to be the best player in your league this year. I, I mean, I think he's a GLIAC kid. I mean, right now, if not higher, I mean, I mean he plays well above the rim, shoots it at a high level. I, he's only going to get better handling the ball. Um, hasn't needed to, but he can. Um, and I, you know, I, he plays for DB 45, getting exposure everywhere he needs to in, in the off season. Um, again, AU, I know is bad mouth a lot by the MHSA, but it is key to kids, uh, basketball success past high school. And he's playing on a really good team. Um, you know, I think Mortimer's kid will have a really good year. High IQ he has been hit, injured a lot, but he's looked good in the fall. Um, I laughed when you said clone, cause it's, it's absolutely the truth. The only thing is, is. I think they're bigger than Chad listed them. He's listing them a lot of these guys at six foot, six one. Man, it feels like they're six three, six four when you're looking out there. I mean, I, I guess they're not, but they just they play so tough and they play so big. Um, yeah, I, I just Carson Sanders is a big time, big time player and uh, on a really good team and a really good program. The thing is, though, is the way they defend is the thing that really makes them special um, because they've had their issues scoring the ball against some zones. They've had some dry spells the last few years. When they struggle is when they struggle to score. And and I know Derek will be throwing some zones at them this year, so he might have some success against them. But, but the issue is they're just so darn good on defense that even when you shut them down, they're not going away. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing but positives to say about Hanover my only negative is um which it won't be a negative this year the only negative is Hanover is their fans and the crowds there I mean it's <laughs> it's embarrassingly bad uh their behavior in the crowd but with the limited crowds at least I won't have to deal with that this year uh what would you know about the Hanover crowd you've avoided Hanover you scheduled every other Cascades team except Hanover over uh, Chad and I are good friends and, okay. and uh, we, we meet regularly and we have kind of agreed playing each other is not a good idea. But that being said, I've, I've witnessed uh, the Hanover fans in action several times. 
you know, you guys mentioned uh, Connor Mortimer. Obviously, uh, he is six one guard, um, and he's a typical coach's kid. He's smart. He's heady. Defends well. He can shoot it and get to. I mean, just yeah, he's a good handle. He 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 brings the whole package for for coach's team. You got some great names here, by the way. Uh, a couple other seniors: Brogan Brocky, six one senior guard; Garrett Gumper, five foot ten inch senior guard. All name team instantly. Um, Rocky, uh, active uh, kid, explosive jumper. He's, he's quick to the basket. Uh, he can shoot the three, uh, rebounds pretty well for a 6'1 kid. Uh, this Gumper kid is, is ex- extremely hard, uh, hard nose. He's a competitive kid, uh, gets after it defensively like a lot of handover kids, and uh, he can shoot and attack on offense as well. A few other seniors to mention. They're going to figure in here. Evan Keeter, a 6'4 forward. Uh, Kyler Rod, a six, uh, six-foot senior guard. A slasher, a kid who can shoot it too. Uh, Scotty Bolton, another senior guard, a real, a real good uh, shooter. You know, back to the Keeter kid, another one of those just again tough handover kids. He's tough on the boards. He can defend. Uh, he'll even handle the ball though um, as a six-four kid. So again, another handover kid that that's uh, kind of positionless and skilled, and it just makes them really tough to to play against. But yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody in this conference to. Um, let alone beat them um, in the conference, but to just win a game. I mean, for them to uh, keep that streak going, which is into the 30s, I guess, uh, maybe close to 40 straight wins in the conference, um, it's going to be tough, to, I guess, probably to break that streak at some point. So, You know, I, I will add one other uh, fun fact, and, and I guess this is on me. I should have done a little deeper research before the pod on this, but I believe for all of our um, hard rock and um, Trump fans that listen to the podcast, I do believe that Brogan Brocky is related to Ted Nugent. I'm not positive, but I, I do think that is the case. So, um, you know, you got a, you got a little flavor there as well. That's very possible. And there's some great Ted Nugent stories that, that circulate Olivet back in Olivet's heyday, and they would be hosting regional games, and uh, uh, Ted Nugent would make some grand entrances and even even maybe uh, interact with the crowd a little bit in a negative way. And I think Hanover was involved back in some of those uh, activities. <laughs> so that, that's very, very possible. So, all right. Well, hey, enough of uh, enough of the perennial power uh, uh, comments there. Let's let's move on to the, the next tier of teams, I guess, uh, who, you know, I guess will be battling for second place. I'm sure their coaches aren't going to concede that. And uh, especially when they're playing Hanover, but at least uh who's battling, who's going to be the next best, and, and maybe who is the team that maybe could could pop a handover uh, one or both of those nights. And I, I guess maybe let's just start with, I guess, Michigan Center, who uh, with, with Travis Gaddy. But, I mean, we, you know, we've got Napoleon and Grass Lake and East Jackson, I guess, who kind of received, uh, uh, you know, some, some props from some of the coaches in the conference as well that could kind of fight for the spot. But Travis Gaddy, I'm looking at, I mean, 13-8 and eight last season. They were 10-4 and four in the Cascades for third place. They lost to Marshall, I think, in the district semi. But this program has averaged 18 wins per season uh, from 2013 to 2019. It's um, a pretty good program. Travis has done a great job over there. I mean, what what are your thoughts on uh, center right now? Yeah, I actually hadn't watched a ton of center film um, yet. They're one of the schools I'm still hoping to, to, to study some before the season gets started. But I watched a little bit before we got going because I knew we were going to be talking about them. And, um, you know, they're, they're – they're impressive, especially last year. They had a lot of size and a lot of um, just talented and athletic kids out there. I think they graduated a, a, quite a few of them, but, I mean, they, they look like they play solid man. They pressure a little bit. I don't think, you know, at least in the game I was watching, um, I don't think that they necessarily, you know, are at the level of handover in that respect, but they'll, they'll force some turnovers with that. 
And I really liked their offensively. They had a lot of movement, a lot of four out, one in, and five out action. I know the one guy who returns for them is Brock Soraki. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a starter on the team last year. He did set the school record for threes in a game with eight this past season. And he's he's a little guard, five foot eleven senior guard. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year. It looks like he he shot forty percent from three and made thirty nine on the season. So I mean, that's that's an impressive season. Uh, shooting the ball obviously I think he's gonna have to take on a bigger role this year it's by the sounds of things but I I think they're just like you said I mean with 18 averaging 18 wins over that period of time like they're just a really solid program and I think they're just gonna keep um, reloading over and over again they had a really good JV team I know they're really good in the middle school level Um, so I think they really are are in line to 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 be at the top of the conference or right there um, moving forward for a while you know, Caden Shannon was another guy that listed with, as one of the better players on this team, a key returners coming back. Any relation to the golf player or the golf ball state uh, girls oh, player? Yeah, that's them? right. We have to check in that. I wonder how Caden's golf game is, to be honest. Yeah, I wonder. To- yeah, I wonder. Uh, tra- Travis, uh, another good friend, um, he is kind of cloned Michigan Center into kind of a mini Hanover there. Um, they switch and disrupt defensively. Um, they, they kind of run some four out, uh, Memphis dribble drive action. Like Derek mentioned, um, kind of the old school dribble drive type action. They'll diamond press you a little bit. They'll get up half court trap. You They're very aggressive, uh, defensive team. Um, and I think they've caused a lot of cascades teams, some issues in the past with that. Um, they've had some great matchups, um, with Hanover Horton. And even though you, you had your little fun with the Hanover crowd, I've seen these games played several times, especially when I was coaching at Spring Arbor, Travis and Michigan center, very proud program you know i i think they unfortunately have lived in the shadow of hanover a little bit um and then they've had some really tough draws in the state playoffs going class b being like the smallest team in b in the state this year unfortunately for Derek and um and the teams in class c they have now enrollment is dropped a little and they will be in class c for boys which is really unique because they've been c for girls and b for boys the last few years which is wild to me but um you know, really good program. Their JB team was, I think, 19-1 last year with a one loss to Napoleon. I think one of the things is well, – I'll say two things. One, Travis has brought great stability and basketball knowledge to the program. And then the other thing is is they have become transfer U in the Jackson area. I mean, they are kind of a hub where the school district is great um, academically. Um, it's, it, the teachers are really good, wonderful superintendent in the district. So a lot of kids in these other Jackson school districts, when in doubt are landing at uh, Michigan center. And it's really actually hurt schools like Vandercook and East Jackson and things like that. You know, the Siraki averaged eight, eight points a game last year. Um, 39% from three, the Shannon, uh, Caden Shannon, uh, the uh, the golfer's brother, possibly. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but he you know he averaged six points a game off the bench last year. I guess he really is uh, considered uh, one of, if not their best shooter. They got a couple other guys, a um, few other guys that are going to figure in uh, from last year. Six th- uh, three senior forward Joe Olkowski, uh, six foot three inch junior, kind of a forward center Verlandez Williams. Uh, it's the second year on the varsity after transferring from Vandercook Lake last year, so that speaks to that transfer thing. And and uh, a six foot one inch senior named Matt Brown kind of listed as a forward. You know, you mentioned um, their district, uh, them dropping back to Division Three. This district is almost a microcosm of this whole league race, kind of the battle for, for uh, you know, to, to second or to try to be the team to knock off Hanover. Uh, East Jackson, 
Grass Lake, Napoleon, and Vandercook Lake, and Michigan Center are in the district. It's almost like a mini league tournament at the end of the year, not included um, Hanover, which is probably uh, best for all of them. Um, so it's whoever's playing the best basketball at that time of year is going to be kind of ripe to make a little a little tournament run, which would be interesting, and that, that's kind of what you want. So they're going to have a few chances at each other, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, this, this promises to be a, a pretty solid team. They're, they're a little undersized, according to Coach, and uh, – it really going to come down to how quickly some of these guys make the transition from being a role player to a key player, or even some of these guys off the JV who he mentioned as well, uh, coming up and, and getting used to varsity basketball. But based on his experience and success, you, you got to feel they're going to get it done at some point. So, so how about some of these other teams? Uh, you know, may we won't touch quite on Napoleon yet uh, since it's Derek. We maybe save that one uh, for for a, almost like a little interview with Derek. But you know, we've got Grass Lake, Napoleon, and East Jackson. You know, kind of considered maybe at least according to coaches in that next tier. What are your thoughts on any of those? Well, I would say the second best player in the league is from Grass Lake, and that's Brendan Bargesser. I mean, I, and and again, may, I might be off, but I mean, he he had a great junior year. He's been on varsity, I believe, for three or four years. I saw him in the fall league. I know you guys did too. I mean, he is a man. And I mean, athletically above the rim. Um, he, I mean, he, he looks like a, an all state middle linebacker playing basketball and he moves well. And um, yeah, I, I think he is going to cause some issues himself. Um, he's a winner. Um, and he, even though they, the grass leg, in my opinion is, uh, has lost a ton and they're a little undermanned. He is a difference maker. I mean, and because, I don't know how you take him out of a game because even if let's say he's having a bad night shooting, he's going to go get the ball on the offensive glass. He's going to get uh, four steals for layups in a game or maybe a dunk. Um, so I think that with his leadership and um, you know, his dad taking that coaching job, uh, I don't think that'll be a long term. I think that'll be a short term because he's got, uh, he's got a girl that we've mentioned a few times uh, basketball wise yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a year behind, but I, I think they're, they're going to be in the mix again, him being the best player in the league. I, or second best player in the league, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna offer some things there, and and I I could see them pulling some upsets, and I certainly would not want to play them in the district. Yeah, he's he is really impressive. I mean, his straight line speed and his his ability to, to jump is is right on level, or probably even better than than Carson Sanders. And like you said, he's just, he's cut too. Um, the biggest thing with with him is like you know the the new style of rebounding is just kind of turn and go get it. And, and kind of forget the forget the box out, you know, and get a get a box. You, you better not do that with him because he's going to out jump you and out speed you to the ball every time. So you better get a body on him on uh, on every shot, whether that's on the on either end, if you want to keep him off the glass. Um, I, I do wonder if you can try and turn him into a a ball handler, if that's your best bet, or a jump shooter, um, and try and keep him out of the paint. But I, mean, I don't know how you're going to do that, you know, effectively, especially if he's getting out in transition. I think the key with them. Is is you know that how how much can they get out of their other guys? I know they lost so much from a year ago. I mean they loved to run those wing pick and rolls. I remember when we were at Chelsea a couple when I was at Chelsea a couple years ago, they just destroyed us with the Trey Ruggles and then the and then the Xavier Bargesser with the wing pick and rolls. Um, I don't know that they have the personnel to do that more. And obviously they got a new coach. And I'm curious too with their defense um, if they're going to continue to run some of the the Comstock zone or if they're going to totally abandon that. I know Coach Bargesser had mentioned them trying to speed up the pace a little bit on the offensive end. Yeah, you know, Coach Bargesser, obviously, um, he's, he's got some coaching experience. I mean, he is one of the five new coaches in the conference, but he's been in a he, – he's coaching the Grass Lake program, and he might even help with the girl. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what yeah. the place was. 
uh, but I, uh, with the boys as well. But he's also a Michigan premier coach. So he he's not a, it's not his first rodeo when it comes to coaching. And you got to you got to appreciate him stepping in uh, when they when they kind of lost their coach late in the game. Um, the, his son is is fun to watch. Again, I've only watched him play in, in the Jackson Fall League. I love the way he wears his hair. First of all, I wish I could do that with my hair, but it doesn't quite work that way for me <laughs> anymore. But yeah, just an athlete. I know, Josh, you've mentioned that if you were still in the college game and uh, recruiting the small college player, he'd be someone you'd be interested in. Yeah. Even though- I mean, he's the dream locker room guy, dream like six, seven, eight guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not, he might not be a great shooter yet, but just the work ethic that the entire family has shown and you know, he's going to put in the time if it, if it comes down to him having to develop a more of a perimeter shot, but they got a couple other guys at like Carson Farley, five ten guard. He's a senior and another senior, Travis uh, Fernenberg, uh, 5'11 guard. So these guys were, um, they're back from last year. Maybe didn't have huge roles, but they're, they're going to have big roles this year. Um, and, and they've been pretty, you know, they've been pretty proud. I mean, at, le- at least, at least the last few years, they were 16 and five last year, 11 and three in the league finished second. Uh, they were not real good prior to 2017. So it's kind of their, their, their success is coming, I guess, in more in recent years. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this thing going or will they drop back? Uh, in a year or two, kind of being in a lower level team in the conference. But right now, they, they, they definitely gained some uh, some respect. So, um, you know, that's Grass Lake. I mean, we've got uh, let's let's shift gears and uh, talk a little bit about East Jackson with uh, Coach Rodney Loden. Um, Loudon, maybe. Um, he's uh, he's one of the three returning coaches in the conference this year. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on EJ? I know who you played him last year when you were at Springport. Yeah, um, they're a very young team a year ago. Uh, it seemed like they had, I think it was seven or eight sophomores on the team, um, if I remember correctly. I know a lot of their, their guys that are returners from this year are only juniors, um, which kind of shows that. They do lose um, their, their guard, Poole, who was an all-league player and took a ton of, ton of shots for him. He's a very good shooter. Um, so obviously that's going to be uh, a, a big task of trying to replace him. I know he hurt us in that game last year when I was at Springport. I really like their personnel that's coming back. I mean, Jacob Buckland was uh, one of the, the honorable mentions um, in the All-League. He's a six foot three uh, kind of guard wing type, and he can play the point a little bit. He's good at getting downhill to the rim. He's a, he's a tough cover. You got Gabe, Ham- Gabe Harmon, who's a six foot four um, kid who kind of plays a little bit more inside, but really can shoot the three. So you got to make sure you get out to him. Like those two guys are both um, long and, and, and active, and they kind of work well off each other. At least they were early in the year last year. Beyond that, they had the two the two sophomore wings from a year ago, Jake Swintek and Austin McKessie. Like they're really very similar to one another. I know on, on our scouting report, that's what we had them down as. Is like they're they're almost identical. Um, they're steady wing players who can shoot a little bit. I know they hurt us with some threes in the second half, um, but in that game last year, um, and you know, they, they, they're kind of, they're not anything too, too flashy, at least as, as sophomores. Um, but, but they could hurt you if you left them alone. And then I know Trey Lehman was a guy, a small guard who was, who was a little stocky. He's a pretty good football player. Uh, I know that they're, they just had a tough year on the football field, but he was one of their main guys and, and he's a, just kind of a, a very energetic guy that can make, make some things happen on both ends. Um, I think that I think that they could really have a good year if these guys are able to progress from where they were a year ago. I mean, they obviously they're going to have, you know, all these guys are in their second year on the varsity or, or at least second year on the varsity. Um, uh, they, they do like to get out and run. Uh, I know they had some high-scoring games with Napoleon, especially there were some <laughs> high-scoring games. 
and, and they do mix defenses a little bit, which uh, can always make it tricky on you if they can they can find something that that works on a given night. So they, they should be an interesting team this year. Um, high scoring game like one hundred eight, one hundred two, maybe <laughs> not, not at that level, not at that level. All right. Um, no, I you know I think they're um, the wild card in this whole thing. You know I, you know ten and twelve last year, but it's deceiving. You know, and and I know coach thought they're playing the best basketball at the end of the year. But I'm not sold and I'm not buying that yet because they were three and eleven in the league. So what that tells me is their AD was their MVP because they went seven and one nine league. So to me, I, I don't know how good they really are. Is it were they ten and twelve because they scheduled well nine league? Um, because again, really struggled in conference. Um, I still think they're a year away. I mean, I, I know that there's six juniors that are going to play a prominent role on this year's team. Um, so I don't see them competing with the centers, the Napoleons, or the Hanovers yet. Um, but I do think that when we're having this podcast a year from now, they're going to be a, a league favorite. There's no question. I just think they're probably a year away. That being said, they could be really good by the end of February this year and, and not somebody you really want to see in the district. You know, I think that probably needs to be coach's goal and their goal. Um, and then hopefully they, they have a similar schedule non-league where they, they can get things rolling a little bit. Um, but to really, I, I mean, like I said, I, I just, I'm not buying in yet when they're three and 11 in the league. And I know they were young, but uh, it, to me, it's, they're probably one year away. Um you know, and, and but this has been a really good program in the league the last four or five years. They, they've been a, a top, they've been in the mix, the top four, maybe five in the league, and they're consistent. Um, they need to get Jeff Punches out there, maybe as the JV basketball coach. He was a heck of a basketball player in Manchester. Yes. So maybe coach could coach two sports. Dude, I, can you kiss up more to Jeff Punches after those negative football comments that you made back uh, during our picks? Well, um, maybe he'd be a better basketball coach. All right, I don't you, know. yeah, you're I'm kissing up to the yeah. AD and with his scheduling and, and now his basketball prowess back in high school. Just a great guy. Uh, I'm sure he, he did. I got a chance to see East Jackson play last year. I scouted him once for Derek and actually watched the, the video of their game against Springport. And they do it. They have some guys that look like basketball players. And, you know, there's even another one that's back. Uh, it was a sophomore uh, last year, Xander Bradley, a five foot 11 inch guard. They got a slew of guys that have gone through their varsity transition. And it, it really appeared that the bar, the hardest part for them varsity transition was one playing defense and two competing consistently. And those were the, I think the areas that where they dropped off or were inconsistent last year. Hence you have a three and 11 league record. So I fully expect if they have all their pieces that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a top half team or at least pushing the top half teams this year. So um, that, that, that could be interesting. I, I, I like what you said there. Uh, they're kind of like a wild card, but you know, speaking of wild card, let's let's just get right to it, man. Let's talk about the Napoleon Pirates, coached by twenty-four-year-old uh, Derek Seidel, who is in his second season. Derek, um, and my, Josh, and I. Well, actually, let's just start with you. I mean, uh, Napoleon's coming off a fifteen and six year last year, where they were nine and five in the Cascades, only fourth place, despite going nine and five. They were set to play Leslie in the district final before the shutdown. That would have been an interesting game. Um, it's so a program that, that has its ups and downs. It seems like when they have talent, they do well. And when they don't, they haven't. They they were 23-3 and three in 2010. Uh, but they haven't won a league in, in quite some time. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, you've got basically one one returning. Pretty sure you like what you have so far uh, and what you've seen, even though you haven't uh, had an opportunity to, to get them really on the court together. So what are your thoughts right now as a, as a first-year head coach in the polling? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited to get going. Um, I, I like this, you know, beginning of the year portion where it seems like you know, everyone everyone's getting excited for basketball. I really do think that we've got, even though Alex Darnell was our only uh, re- returning starter from a year ago, I mean, he was the leading scorer on the team, and um, he's just an absolutely outstanding kid. I mean, he's ru- he'll be running in the state meet, state cross country meet um, this weekend. So he's a really good athlete and uh, just he's a, he's a great leader guy. He's the kind of guy you want as your best player um, just to kind of set the tone for your program. Outstanding work ethic. I, I really think that he is going to be an effective college basketball player at the NAI or D3 level if he chooses to go that route. Because um, I just think that he'll put the work in and he's the kind of kid that can uh, can really make an impact in a program. Uh, and then like Josh Adams is the other returning senior. I mean, he, he's another he's a. Uh, a coach's kid, his dad coaches football. He's going to play college baseball. Um, just a really high quality kid. Um, and, and as I go, you know, you're going through the juniors. I mean, the other guy who returns from the varsity is Javen Toomey Patterson, who will only be a junior. Another, again, it's, it's the common theme is they're all just great kids. And, and it just makes it really, uh, really exciting for me to not, you know, not only have some, some good talent, but some, some good kids that are, it's going to be fun to coach. And uh, I think that they want to compete and they want to get after it. And we actually, we have a lot of, um, a lot of depth in the program, at least right now, in my opinion. I mean, I'm expecting to have some, like you know around 30 guys that try out between our our varsity and JV, and we, I mean, maybe that's more normal for for schools. But where I was coming from, we definitely didn't have 30 guys trying out um, at Springport a year ago. So I, I'm just really excited to get going and hoping that we can kind of you know swing some momentum um, from from their solid season last year. And, and our JV team had a solid solid year as well. And obviously the guys coming from there are going to help us a ton too. So Yeah, I mean, I know you're doing your best Lou Holtz right now, but let's be honest. I mean, 15 wins at the varsity level last year, a 17-2 and two JV team. You got uh, one of the best middle school coaches in the state, an old man Dutton. I mean, y- your program is in really good shape. Obviously, adding you is a huge bonus. I mean, like I said earlier in the podcast, this is a good basketball program who, who is in good shape. I, I see you taking it to the next level. Um, I'd like to see, for your sake, I'd love to see Mortimer go to college or retire in a year or two because then I think you become top dog in that league. Um, but, but right now, I mean, I, I'm excited for Derek. I'm excited for Napoleon. I mean, you guys should be playing for that fictional second-place trophy, and you, you got a legitimate shot and getting to a regional, and, and that would be an incredible thing in year one. Um, now I know you're young, um, but you got some you got some good things there in the program. You know, you got, you got legendary uh, Spring Arbor player Jeremy Patterson's son, who's going to be a six three junior forward. Um, you got a lot of size in the program with a Kyler Reason and and some young size and and Trent Jester and and Grant Bradley as a freshman is already getting like kind of some legendary status in the Cascades League and and things like that. So yeah, I think you got a great mix. Um, I love the fact that you're going to play to your depth. And, and not only that, you're young. And it, so I, I think, you know, like I said, I don't know what will happen with, with, with the, the Hall of Famer in, in Hanover, but, uh, it, you know, at some point their run's going to come to an end and he's going to transition. And, and uh, I think Napoleon's going to be the place to be. Derek, this, uh, this JV group last year was 17-2. and two. J- Josh referenced one of them, Kyler Reason. There, there were four other. They had a nice little chemistry of five guys that – that, that played really well together on the JV. They were all sophomores. Now they're all coming up as juniors. So I'm sure their their transition to varsity is going to be uh, key. You've got another uh, 
young guy uh, that, uh, you know, I know Grant Bradley has that, that, that status around Napoleon as the, the freshman who kind of went through, through puberty maybe a little early. Uh, there's another kid <laughs> that you've got, uh, looks like a transfer from Brooklyn Columbia Central, uh, Devontae ha- uh, Hayburn, and maybe I'm mispronouncing that last name, but you, you've got to be happy about just the, the, the pool of talent that's going to be available at the varsity level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our JV guys, Hartley, Harley Marvin, Zach Johnson, Jason Negus, and John Barnard are the other guys on top of Kyler. They, they kind of, like you said, they're a very solid group that, that really played well together and was able to string together a really good year, only losing to, to you know, they split with, with Michigan Center and they lost once to Columbia Central. And then the other guy who actually was a key contributor on that team last year, at least from what I've been, been told throughout the entire year, was uh, Trent Jester. Who will only be a sophomore, and obviously he'll be him and him and Devontae and Grant will be competing for varsity spots as as underclassmen, which is what you want to see. I mean, you want to have guys at that level who are who are probably ready, but you know they got to try and earn it. You know, with with there being a lot of other guys um, at the varsity level. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited um, to have that that talent incoming from that younger group. And, and like you know, we've had you know pretty good numbers from our guys who don't play. Uh, football or uh, run cross country in in the fall, which is always exciting to see. And I I just I think the guys will will really get after it. And hopefully we can we can play a fun brand of basketball this year, getting up and down the floor and and trying to score some points and not not, not trying to give up over a hundred like uh, like <laughs> Tropez has, but um, still still playing some exciting games up in the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. I saw Napoleon average 60.8 points a game last year and, uh, and shot 40% from the field, which are pretty good offensive numbers for a high school team um, and, and near 70% from the free throw line. So those are, those are uh, nice things to walk into, even though a lot of those guys are gone. So, Hey, let, let's talk about this too. And, and, and I'm being serious and, and I know there won't be crowds at games this year, but you play, in my opinion, one of the top in one of the top 10 gyms in the state. I mean, I absolutely love the gym at, at Napoleon great home court advantage when we get back to a normal world but also just a great gym to be in I mean I I kind of hope to be like on your pass list one game this year just so I can get in that gym I've seen some good games there uh, just a really cool uh, facility so I think that's a, an added bonus as well so let me ask you this I mean you're talking a lot about your offense I mean if you're going to be that deep I mean are, are you going to get out and extend a little bit defensively and, and things like that or have you made some decisions on that yeah, and I obviously I'll adjust as the year goes on if if it's not working. But the plan is to try and try and put some pressure on teams, try and speed the pace with whether that be some full court press or some half court trapping or or just half court pressure in our man to man. We definitely, I definitely want to try and play a lot of these guys because I think that there there's a lot of guys ready to to get on the floor. So with that, obviously speeding up the pace is good, and you can't just you can't just play fast on offense and, and sit in a in a soft two three zone. So we'll definitely be trying to. Uh, to get out and pressure some this year. Yeah, I, I'm really disappointed with a lot of things that MHSA did. Obviously, I'm, I'm not always a fan. I, I know they're doing the best, but I, it kills me that they took our scrimmages away. Uh, Matt, you said this. I mean, we're playing 20 games. What's the difference if we have 22 games and, and we play scrimmages and, and things like that? But I, but big the big thing I was looking for, I was really, really looking forward to that Olivet, Napoleon, Whitmore Lake, <laughs> Chelsea mega scrimmage with uh, – with, with all of us, that that would have been that that might have been one of the highlights of the year for me. So that's that's very disappointing. That's, that, that's great, Chelsea. Find three schools whose enrollment I, I, add up to yours, and then let's scrimmage them. That, that'd be a great. That was not why. I, 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 you yeah. and your son. Come that on. Would, yeah. That would that, that would be 
be fun. Maybe at some point we'll uh, we'll get yeah. to that. And it is. Ridiculous. I could have brought my JV. I mean, we could have made it. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let, let's shift gears again. Let's uh, let's take a look. We got three three schools we still want to talk a little bit about: Vandercook Lake, Manchester, and uh, and Addison. Vandercook Lake. Um, you know, I know they were four and seventeen last year, and, and three and eleven in the conference. Uh, good for seventh place, but. There's something about this team. Um, they they got a new coach, Corey Ray, who uh, who you know ironically played under Paul Varner, longtime um, Vandercook Lake coach, and and now uh, uh, Corey's going to take over the reins, um, and uh, Paul's going to come back and help him. He's going to be his assistant. Uh, I think I think Corey's been uh, he's been part of the Vandy program for about five years. He's also a local basketball official. But uh, what are your thoughts on Vandercook Lake, Derek? I know you you guys actually played them last year as well when you were at Springport. Yeah, I think that they're actually a really interesting team. They have a lot of athletic and talented kids um, coming back from last year. Um, like when we played them, they, they played fast and they got downhill and they kicked to shooters. And they had they had a kid that, that just shot the lights out against us who's gone. Uh, his last name was like Fromm. I don't remember his first name. Um, he was a senior. Um, but the, a lot of those guys who were creating or getting downhill against us are, are back. So I think that they could be a really interesting team. Obviously, they may play a little different style under Coach Ray than they did a year ago. Um, it, it seems like as the year went on, they they struggled more, obviously. I mean, the Cascades Conference was was tough last year, um, and they, they were pretty thin. They didn't have a ton of guys on their roster in general. In terms of their personnel, the guys who, who really stood out against us last year, this was, again, the first game of the year, but Gavin Cooper had a big game against us. He's a senior six-foot-one forward. He, uh, he sometimes was even their, their five-man last year, and he hit some big shots on us, including a couple threes. He had 11 points against us and really helped them um, hold us off as we were trying to make a run that day. Um, and some of the other guys, I mean, I think Demarion Smith, he didn't play against us last year, but – um, just based on our scout scout on him from a year ago, he, he's he's the guy that can really get into the get into the lane. He can shoot it a little bit, and, and as coach even mentioned, he's the kind of guy that can really set up for others. Um, another kid that didn't play against us last year was Easton Stoddard, but he's a very good shooter he, from our scouting report on him a year ago. So I think you know he's a guy that that Smith can try and help set up, and some of these other guys. Porus is their center. David Porus, six foot three. Um, big, big body. He, he can, you know, take take care of the inside for him. I think he'll be be uh, tough on teams in there. Um, you know, coach even had mentioned um, he's put on a lot of muscle because he's been in their weightlifting program. Um, so that's obviously, um, you know, good for them on the inside. And then um, the one kid that I don't even I don't know for sure who it is. I believe it's the Anthony Jimenez who's a new newcomer this year, five foot seven guard. I believe he's the kid off their JV last year. Um, that against us, uh, against Springport's JV, had a really good game. He was clearly the best player on the floor. Um, they were a really thin team. They only had six players. They actually finished the game against Springport with four guys on the floor. They had a guy get hurt and foul out. Um, but he, he had to have over half their points, and he was a very active player on the offensive end, even though he's very small. Um, so I think he could be a kid that, you know, you can't lose him out there or he can, he can put up points in a hurry. Um, so I, I think they are a very interesting team. I'm curious how they're going to defend. I imagine they're going to they're going to really try and pressure and, and turn you over because they're not extremely um, big, at least based on the heights that that coach has given us. Um, but I think they, they should be. They're kind of a, also in that wild card category. If you ask me, I think they can knock some teams off without a doubt. I mean, they're a good team. You've got to be ready to to play against and, and take care of the ball. Yeah, you know. Um, wow, you, you, it's like you, you covered it all. 
Um, I, I just say is Corey Ray's an interesting hire um, because, um, it, you know, being an official coming back to the sideline, um, I always joke and say when I'm done coaching, I'm going to go officiate. Mm. But, um, mm. you know, that's an interesting – I'd love to have a three-man crew with, with Rex and Matt and I. What a crew that would be on a, on, on a Friday night, just teeing up everybody. Uh, that being said, um, I think Corey's going to do a good job. Very knowledgeable guy. This is the hire that had to happen. They have gone through way too many basketball coaches since Paul Varner. None of them really invested in the community or or really Vandercook schools. And for this to work and for Vandercook, for them to start keeping kids instead of losing them to Hanover and Center and, and EJ and things like that, they needed to hire one of their own who sends his children to the schools there. And so this was – I think this was a great hire. But I would also say that if this doesn't work – I don't I don't know if anything will ever work there because um, Corey's got him in the gym. He mentioned they had, they had kids making 5000 shots this fall. Um, he's instilled discipline. He's got them excited. They're lifting again. I mean, this is a school who is playing eight man football right now. I mean, th- this, you know, and I, I believe over 50 percent of their students are school of choice. So, I mean, they need an identity. They need somebody who bleeds, you know, the black and red and white of Vandercook Lake. And, and, I, and I think Corey's going to be their guy. Um, I'm really hopeful. I really like Corey. I've gotten to know him over the last few years. It, you know, also a great umpire, by the way, not just a, a former uh, basketball official. But, um, man, I really hope this works. I hope it works for Vandercook. I hope it works for their basketball program and their school. But yeah, I, I just I, this community needs a little shot in the arm, and I hope this is it. A couple other names I wanted to throw out: Jabari Banford. Um, uh, he was uh, he might be a senior. Maybe, I got to listen to his both actually, but he was a five eleven guard. He was with the squad last year. Um, you mentioned him and as the shooter off the JV. They got two other guys. There's a, a, a Xavion Ingram um, who uh, seems to be some excitement surrounding this guy. He's a, again first year player on the varsity, a slasher, and quite possibly, according to coach, the most athletic player on the team, uh, who uh, a guy that plays above the rim. So he is going to be somebody to, uh, to, to look out for. And they have a, uh, they have a transfer, uh, a guard, a five, nine guard junior from um, Jackson, uh, uh, Marius McCrane. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting. Again, they can, they can put this pe- the pieces together and what kind of chemistry they can have. They do return three starters and they have four guys on the team with three years of varsity experience. So, a lot of these guys are not going to be shell-shocked with varsity basketball. It's just a matter of, of getting some early success and seeing if they can build off of that. So, um, you know, Manchester uh, has also a new coach, a guy named uh, Zach Neal, Zachary Neal. Uh, the Dutch were 10-12 and 12 a year ago, 5-9 uh, and nine in the conference, uh, good for fifth place. They were led, of course, by, by Horky, who, who put up uh, monster points, um, is now playing basketball at the collegiate level. But it's uh, going to be interesting. Uh, Manchester, again, just life after, um, uh, you know, their star. And they've got, uh, again, a new coach. Neil was a JV coach the last two years under Mike Ahrens. Um, He's been helping out in Manchester, ranging anywhere from youth basketball to a varsity assistant for about 12 years. So he, he, like Corey, is is a guy who kind of knows the program and, and, uh, and maybe is trying to, to, to plug up some leaks. They, they are going to be young. Uh, they're going to be untested. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Manchester uh, based on what they have coming? Yeah, I mean, it seems like the, the one key guy coming back from a year ago is Aiden Kelly, um, you know, six foot six center forward. Um, you know, he averaged 8.7 points and 6.6 rebounds a game a year ago. He's only a junior. He's the quarterback on the football team. So I think, I think it really is obviously all going to start with him. 
Um, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not super familiar with, with his game. Like, I don't know if, if he's going to be a guy that's going to really handle the ball in the perimeter a lot or not, because they have a lot of height L- looking at the guys that coach listed. Um, they have, they have some, I should say a handful of guys over six foot and they list, they have Jeff Carpenter, who's a six foot three senior that coach listed as a center. So maybe, maybe he's going to, Carpenter going to be the inside guy and Kelly's going to be a guy who, who's on the perimeter more. Um, I know the the other three, Ryan Mann, Jeff Carpenter, and Hayden Taylor, all all saw some varsity action last year, uh, but what were really role players. I mean, obviously, Horky was taking the majority of the shots, um, so I mean, they didn't have any any major numbers from what I saw. But um, I mean, it should be interesting um, because obviously, like you said, there's not a lot not a lot of knowns just given the the turnover in the roster for this year. Yeah, um, you know. Not a very winnable district either. Lenaway Christian is in there and will be very tough. Um, outside of them, though, they, they do fit well with Hudson and Addison. And, and, but Clinton is on the uprise, no question. They're doing good things. Coach Chavez over there, Clinton's doing a good job. So, I mean, this is definitely a rebuild season for them. Aiden Kelly is a very good player, but guards dictate high school basketball. He's going to rely on his guards to get him the ball. Um, you know, I, Ty Horky was a, a great high school player, but I almost think it hurt the program a little bit, how everything went through him. Not a lot of development for the younger players when I when I went to games. And um, for someone to, to dictate so much and still only go 10 and 12 and 5 and 9, it, you wonder if it, it, the, the program sacrifices a little bit. And um, I, I think that, that Coach Neal being around will, will be a help with a smooth transition. It's just not a lot. The cupboard's kind of bare right now. So I, I see him doing a good job and turning things around. Um, but I, it's, it could be a rough year in a really tough league. Um, but again, another, by the way, another great high school gym. I really like Manchester's gym, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, the, the style, I, if they play the style they played the last few years, they're really going to struggle. I mean, they're kind of a wild pressing team. Um, you know, the, I saw them play three or four times. Um, I, I actually went to watch cause I, I wanted to watch Ty because he was kind of a special player. And then they played to, uh, to come see an Adrian in non-league game. So I'd go check them out, but man, they, they were, they'd give up a lot of open shots and a lot of layups and, and against these teams that have so much more talent than them in the league right now, that could cause some issues. So hopefully coach Neal will, will tighten things up a little bit defensively. Yeah, it, it should be interesting. I, I don't know what to, else to say really about Manchester, except they, they I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they had a winning season two years ago. They were 11 and 10. They, that's their only winning season in the last 10 years. So it, it's been a program that struggled to get kind of above water. And uh, he, I, I mean, coach has got his work cut out for him. But yeah, just based on his notes and, and communicating with him, he's definitely got the right attitude and right approach. I mean, he's like a lot of coaches. They're, they're ready to go and biting at the bit. So it uh, be interesting to see what he can do over there. Our final team, what we haven't talked about, and it's going to be hard to talk about, is uh, is uh, Addison. And then under new coach Marv Cox. And let me, let me tell you a little bit about, uh, you know, we how we do these podcasts. We, we kind of reach out to uh, the, the coaches and get some information. And then we take that information and kind of do what we want with it and talk about who we want and based on our own observations. But we uh, really never did touch base with coach Cox, despite trying really hard. We, we tried to work through his new JV coach and didn't have any luck. And then we even tried it. We contacted the athletic director and we had crickets there, got no response. Uh, 
Mar Mars, you know, Mar graduated in 1978, so he's he's three years older than me. So maybe he doesn't even have a cell phone. I don't know, uh, but we, we had a hard time getting a hold of him. Uh, you know, I wish him well. This is a tough program. They were four and 17 a year ago, one and 13 in the league. Great wrestling school. Great wrestling school. <laughs> I mean, maybe we could talk about the wrestling program. Um, you know, they were they were 500 in in 2015 when they went uh, 12 and 12. Um, don't forget minute, though. Don't don't forget, coach, that. They have had one of the best players to ever come out of the Cascades in the last 10 or 15 years. Luke Meyer, who went to Addison, played a ton of minutes at Central Michigan University in the in just recently. Well, maybe that you know, they had a winning season in 2014, they were 16 and seven. That was their last yeah. winning season, yep. third in the league. That was probably probably his era. So, yep. um, you know, uh, Cox takes over for uh, Andy Kubish, uh, who coached the previous 10 years. I uh, coach Cox has been he's been on the staff for four years. I think his resume includes some sub varsity coaching gigs at both Jackson Northwest and Vandercook Lake um, years ago, but he's not a, he's not a, a, you know, a newbie when it comes to coaching. Um, but he, I'm sure he has his work cut out. We don't have a lot of information on them. They have not had a lot of success, uh, uh, but we tried. So for you, Addison Panthers, we, we, we gave it a shot to try to, to try to get some names to talk a little bit more in depth about them, but we were, we were kind of shut down. Maybe, maybe coach Cox is from the Jim Harbaugh you know, kind of, he's in, he's in his submarine right now. Like he's just not going to do media stuff. He's just kind of working uh, with his squad. And then, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Cause we have, we don't start practicing for two weeks. So I really can't explain why they didn't get back to us, but so be it. I wish <laughs> them well. And uh, hopefully they have a, a, a strong season over there uh, in Pantherland. So um, anyway, you guys, uh, that, that, that was, that was pretty fun. I mean, in terms of the districts, I, we, we talked about the Napoleon Grass Lake Michigan Center District. I think that's going to be interesting. Hanover is going to be a, a heavy favorite in its district. It doesn't matter which district they're in. They're going to be a heavy favorite. The one thing I'll say about Hanover is they do have Homer in their district. And don't, don't get me wrong. Hanover is going to be a big favorite. But Homer is, I think, a heavy or a, a solid favorite in the Big 8. And they do return two legitimate players in Loyan Loyand Pullen, I may be mispronouncing his name. He's a post who's a, who's a stud, and they have a guard named Damaso LeBron who's also very good. And they have some kids coming in that program. They had a few sophomores and freshmen on the varsity last year. It's like they they could challenge Hanover Horton if they if they brought their A game on a good night. I just want to throw that out there because they, they're going to be a well, good team I, this year. I believe you, um, sort of. But I also <laughs> want to say the one I was going to actually say there is somebody that could challenge them in that district, and and that's Lumen Christie because athletically Lumen has the guys that could bother Hanover and they also got a great transfer uh, from Jackson Northwest, a point guard. So I, I could see Lumen giving Hanover uh, a, a run as well. But um, that being said, nobody's beating Hanover Horton. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, did you just say Lumen Christie is going to be pretty good and they have a good transfer? Huh? Well, I don't know if they're going to be pretty good, huh. but they got a really, really? good. Friend. So that's yeah. the that's the gift you gave me. You 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 drop them from your schedule and let Olivet fill its hole in its schedule with Lumen Christie. Hmm. Well, oh, who I yes. and I picked up Pershing. So oh, I, I think, oh okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I I think I'll take Lumen Christie. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't want to travel to Detroit. Too far of a ride for Olivet, but. Yeah, yeah, I just was wondering why you why you dropped them. So now maybe I was just trying to add it up a little bit. But okay, 
anyway, it, it, this is, a, again, like Josh said earlier, this is a great league in terms of proximity and just the types of schools. And it, it got some great tradition. Um, uh, Hanover's making it hard on everybody. Uh, and, and maybe Chad will retire or maybe the talent will run out. I, I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to run out before he's gone. So, um, But it should be, uh, should be another interesting year. And hopefully we, we, we get through it without uh, too many interruptions. So um, anyway, well, that, that, hey, that does it for uh, this episode of Coach Speak. Derek, Josh, excellent work. I hope you guys are enjoying these uh, previews as much as I am. Um, And thank you to everyone for listening. We look forward to next time when we turn our attention to the Southeastern Conference White Division, which, of course, includes Josh's Chelsea Bulldogs and five other schools who I'm sure are celebrating the departure of Lincoln and Ypsilanti to the Red (laughs) Uh, Derek, I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a lot to say about this league and especially the Bulldogs and, uh, of course, our Dreadnoughts, too. So it's going to be fun uh, going over those six schools. So um, until then, uh, everyone, uh, stay safe, mask up, and peace.